Good morning, everybody. It's Iron Radio. This is Phil Stevens. I am a a coach, a powerlifter, a soon-to-be Highland Games athlete again, and uh, run Strength Guild, amongst other things. So, Hey, this is Dr. Mike T. Nelson, creator of the Flex Diet Certification and the FizzFlex Certification, which opens this uh, Monday, April 4th. Let's go to physiologicflexibility.com. And we just got into South Padre Island, Texas, last night. So we were in Austin the day before for uh, briefly, and then hanging out with my buddy Adam Glass in Weatherford, Texas, for a couple of days before that. There you go. This is Coach Drill, Coach J, out of uh, Strength Guild East, or Strength Guild KC. Uh, coach Weightlifting, Powerlifting. Um, actually, I have a few guys signed up for. A few things coming up. We've got Masters, Nationals, and Weightlifting. There's a powerlifting meet here with, uh, is JP's meet in KC. And then there's a strongman meet that I'll have a guy at as well this, this month slash next month. Nice. So I went to the chiropractor this week. Oh, how'd that go? Um, pretty much I found out that I'm old. <laughs> Is this news? I fucking, yeah, no. So I decided <laughs> to, my son has taken up boxing. He's six. A big part of boxing is jumping rope. Mm. If you've never taught a six-year-old how to jump rope, it's interesting. But I decided to jump rope with him to teach him. Mm. And I haven't jumped rope in 20 plus years. For the week since then, I have been just fucked. <laughs> 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 I sit down. The bad thing is, is like it, I can squat fine. I can do anything athletic fine. It was the minute I'd sit down, it would run from right above my ass, around my hip, and down my IT band would just light up. And, uh, yeah, so I went in, and he's moving me around. He's like, okay, touch your toes, do that. He's like, well, you have no pain moving? I was like, no, not at all. I squatted 700 last week. And, uh, so basically, yeah, told me I'm old. He's like, I can't help you. Get out of here. Yeah, <laughs> go rest it for a few more days. Luckily, last night was my first night that I slept without that thing just lighting up. I've been running the tens unit every day, and uh, he had me do a bunch of uh, body tempering on my pelvis in the back just to loosen things up. Oh, it helped. Yeah, a ton. It went away. So basically, it was something was pinching my inflamed and pinching my sciatic nerve. That's what I was going to guess. It's, it was yeah. It was uh, yeah. So luckily, I have a good Cairo Greta. He's like, get out of here. I'm not charging for this. I'm not doing anything to you. <laughs> Go put a big steel bar on yourself and roll out. But, uh, yeah, and other than that, I've been practicing Highland Games for the first time. I decided last weekend that I'm going to sign up for one, and it's a week from tomorrow. And it's been three years since I touched an implement, so went out, and luckily I didn't forget everything. I'm not nearly as proficient as I was before, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll be a good time. i got to go down there and defend my field record. I still have the field record down there in Wichita. So Nice. Come out and put on my skirt and drink a few beers and throw things. It'll be a good time. So if anybody is aboard and wants to come. And says, when is that, Phil? April 9th and 10th. I'm throwing the 10th. Oh, okay. It's at a big Renaissance Festival. So basically we're part of the entertainment. <laughs> Should be a good time. But I'm bringing two guys that have never done it before. Are gonna do it, and then we have two more people uh, throwing Saturday. So, what five of us total? Should be a good time. 
nice. bored and wants to come to a uh, a Renaissance festival. So should be a good time. I'll be in the mountains of Idaho helping with the Special Forces experience their process for mm-hmm. nine days, ten days, or something in the middle of April. So nice. yeah, that'd be fun. You're always you're back on the move, man. It's almost time that you buy a house in South Padre. I know. You know we're getting to that point. Uh, it's getting there. We we sort of looked at it a little bit, but then, oh my gosh, like oh, like everywhere else, like the prices are just insane. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like the unit we're staying in now is for renting from some friends, and it's the same place, we, same unit, the fourplex we've stayed in before, and the two of them went on sale, and we saw the ad. And a friend of ours called on the ad right away. I was looked at the price. And I'm like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> and they were already gone. Oh, so really? I, I think it was one of those things where someone had already bought it, but they wanted to say, oh yeah, we did list it. You know? Gotcha. Um, yeah, just like a small, not even on the beach, not on the water, but nice location. You know, pretty nice place. I think they sold it for two hundred and fifty-five thousand. I think. Ooh. Yeah. I was like, yeah. oh. <laughs> For a little getaway place, that's pretty expensive. A buddy of mine just bought 20 acres, a cabin, two outbuildings in northern Maine for like $45,000. What? Like, Holy, yes, he got the whole thing for 45000 And then really? he showed up, and yeah, some dude's dad died, and it was like his camp. And he showed up, and he brought a generator and stuff with him. The guy's like, no, you get to keep everything. Like, there's already a generator here. There's a well pump. There's this. He's like, holy crap. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So, I have a getaway. He's like, you can use it anytime. So, uh, yeah. Nice. But, oh, do you like, uh, I know there's there's a camp in Maine somewhere. It's like a whole, like, week camp. They do for, they use for jujitsu or whatever. You should put some, put some equipment. Yeah. yeah, just do a full-on, like, week. Rocky training. Yeah, gotta walk like through the snow with trees and shit. That'd be badass. <laughs> I, my pre- my preference would be spring or summer in Maine. But <laughs> maybe fall. I'll get I'll give you the fall. But there you go. We'll go diving for lobsters. <laughs> so, a running joke with somebody in Costa Rica was like, "Hey, you should do a week long meditation and fasting retreat." Oh, like you don't even have to pay for anything then. Just have people stay in like a tent or something it's like oh just fast for the whole week so you don't even have yeah, to yeah you could claim that it's all inclusive too right literally not including anything right. all inclusive fasting trip yep and, yeah we give you everything you know what's crazy that'll sell out that'll sell I out know oh, it would. Would. Yeah, that's the problem that's the problem so here's some water and salt have fun if you guys could really get rid of your morals and ethics you can make a lot of money that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm doing wrong. Crap. Yeah. I knew there was an issue. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Darrell, you had some news. We had another gold medal stripped. Yeah, it was It was actually uh, probably from the, one of the most entertaining uh, back and forth in the Olympics in the last 10, 20 years. It was, uh, oh, I can't remember which, which one. It's not Beijing. It's the one after, so 2012 maybe. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. It looks like the 2012. It was the Kazakhstan lifter who, like, so Lou Zhaozhun had won gold on the snatch. He won on his second attempt. So, yeah, like a two or three, 
two or three kilo lead. Then he put up a 200 clean and jerk, something like that. And so the guy was down 11 kilos. And so he makes a 12 kilo jump on his last attempt and then makes it to win, win gold. It was kind of a, like a huge deal, but I mean, kind of a crazy, crazy lifting session. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently he's, there was some investigation about, um, swapping urine samples and got caught. So his medal is being stripped and Kazakhstan's already in trouble. Uh huh. Um, Borat's country. I was going to say Borat didn't help him. He's <laughs> <laughs> already in trouble, but they're getting, so he's getting stripped and then Lou is now going to be one of, one of a very few, very select few group of lifters who have three Olympic gold medals. Hmm. And he's I getting up there. How old you is best, he now? Oh, he's, he was 35 at the last. Okay, that's old. So that's like, like 36 or Yeah. He's, I mean, his first one was kind of, he wasn't really young because he, I went to a seminar with him, uh, like, Coach Ma and uh, Lapway, maybe that's been a while ago. six, eight years ago. I don't know, somewhere in there. Hmm. And one of the things was uh, he kind of bombed out of the national team. Like, he didn't really make it. And Coach Yu, so his head coach and the current most successful Chinese coach for me, because he coaches those two, which were – you know, crazy. And then Tian Tao, who was also a, you know, pretty big time lifter. Uh, he said he talked him out of basically early retirement before he won any world championships or any medals. Like he talked him out of it and then they switched him to, uh, squat jerks. And then that's, cause that was the thing. He sucked at split jerk. Mm-hmm. And so he switched to squat jerk and then the rest is history, but he was, he was very late in terms of, Chinese weightlifting. Most of those guys are, it's like they start their Olympic career like 19, yeah. 19, 20, and then they have till like, you know, late 20s or early 30s. But he, he started like kind of mid 20s was like his first. And then like his last, you know, however many years he's been, he still puts up like 175 kilo snatch and 200 kilo clean and jerk, which at his body weight, no one's really doing that, so he can do that yeah. pretty much all the time. So, hmm. but yeah, so he'll have he'll be one of few. Uh, Piros Demas is one of the other ones. Who's the current U.S. head coach? So, very. Is this another back testing thing? Uh, this one, uh, yes and no, but it's like they've been running. Apparently, it's like they're running an investigation about. Swapping urine samples somehow, yeah. and like, there's been a lot of other stuff, but not weightlifting related. That's come up, come out of it with various countries who have. I think I want to say it has something to do with, um, not the doppelgangers like the Russians were using at one point as well, but it has something to do with some a few countries who were doing using this kind of same method. So there's this kind of some sort of investigation that went into it, but gotcha. And it's not even, it's not even, uh, 
it's not WADA who's doing the investigation. It's another some other organization. organization. Hmm. This does nothing to help get weightlifting back in the Olympics, I'm <laughs> guessing. So, yet another pop, but, ugh. That kind so. of kilo jump, that's pretty unheard of in Olympic weightlifting, isn't it? I mean, at a top level. Oh, yeah. Those dudes, I mean, yeah. so. If, that seems crazy to me. Like, lose jumps, I think, were like, he usually opens at like one, like high 190s, 197, 198. It was 197, 198, usually 200 or 201. That's usually for the win. Like, most of the time, he can put up 200 and that's it. Like, the game's over. So, and then he'll make, then the world record at the time was like 203 or mm. 204. And so, this dude, I mean, he made some crazy jump that was like seven kilos over the world record, 12 kilo jump. Yeah. And, like, that was all. It was just to get the gold. Well, at that point, you might as well fucking try. I mean, yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> yeah. So the guy had two lifts in the bag. I think he was in the bronze medal position. Yeah. And the, yeah. the Egyptian dude afterwards, which is kind of hilarious, he was like, I hope this was clean. Like, he said something like that on one of the interviews. <laughs> but he, uh, he was kind of pissed because he was in the silver medal spot, you know, and, and – Thought he had that kind of secure, like, okay. Yeah. And so the guy in the bronze medal just makes a crazy jump on his last lift and nailed it. Like, Ugh. it looked yeah. sketchy, but, it, I mean, I wouldn't have red-lighted or anything. He was kind of wobbly and stuff, but mm -hmm. he, no elbow bend or whatever. Wins. Obviously wins golds. Everybody's going crazy because Lou was the obvious favorite. And, I mean, like I said, he was already up by 12 kilos on – Everyone. So hmm. it's like the idea of making 12 kilos up at yeah. the Olympics on one lift is, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's usually not a thing that happens. Oh man. Crazy times. But what else was going on in the weightlifting world? You had something else too, I thought. Oh yeah, the CEO for USAW. Oh yeah. And, yeah. Phil Andrews. And, look, there's a lot of infighting with all the stuff at USAW, like, I've seen. So, one of the coaches, I have, I've always had a good experience, you know, talking to him, um, Sean Waxman. Oh, yeah. He resigned his board position. This is a few weeks ago, and, like, he made a, you know, kind of a big post about the way the board is headed and, like, some sort of moral type thing. Uh, was why he was stepping down. And then, and I don't, I have no idea what is going on. Like maybe there's something kind of brewing, some sort of investigation or something, but mm -hmm. not with him. Like I've always had a good experience with Phil Andrews. So, uh, but I've seen some rumblings of stuff, but nothing, nothing that stands out is like, oh, this is like a big deal, but yeah. And Phil's the one who took over. So the first year I coached anyone in weight, like a weightlifting national meet, it was at uh, a skating rink in Westchester, Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> I remember stories about this one, yeah. Yeah, so, and that was like, you know, Sarah was there, or Sarah Robles, and, you know, I remember talking to her about that when she came up to do some stuff with us Yeah. that one summer. But, uh, yeah, I mean, Skating rink, you had the training hall, which, like, you could see the training hall from the main stage. 
which is not supposed to happen. Yeah. And then the warm up <laughs> room, like it was just the barrier was just like that little half wall, you know. So it's like on one side of the skating rink was the warm up room, warm up area. I mean, it's not a room, but warm up area. And on the other side was the training hall. And the training hall had these weightlifting plates that like no one had ever, there were the pound zero plates and they, they weren't in the normal kilo increments. It was like, so instead of five, 10, 15, 20, 25, it was like, there was like a 16 kilo plate, like 16 kilo plates that were orange, like 18 kilos. It was in like a 32 kilo red. So it was super confusing. And then, so Phil had taken over then, and that American Open was at, like, a convention center in, I want to say maybe it was Dallas. That might have been the Dallas Ice Storm year. Uh, and ever since then, I mean, it's been, you know, huge. We've had huge weightlifting meets with, like, the AO series and mm-hmm. stuff like that. So from a business side, it looks like things have, you know, essentially improved. Also, our fees have gone up, but... That's neither here nor there, but yeah. yeah. So, so I think, I mean, overall, I think Phil Andrews helped, you know, push USA weightlifting forward a little bit to where it's, you know, we're not doing national meets at skating rinks or anything. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what, that's one thing you mentioned about fees. That's one thing that I liked. Like, I haven't signed up for Highland Games in three years, but, oh, my God, it's so cheap compared to powerlifting weightlifting now. I think my entry was $35. We get fed. We get drinks. And there's no membership fee. It's like, this is fucking amazing. This feels like 1995 again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like $100 to enter any meet. And then you got to have $75 to become a member. And holy yeah, crap. I, yeah. Special, it, special underwear. <laughs> yeah. Well, I have, it's basically some kids that are competing in this powerlifting meet for USPA. Uh-huh. And they came in and like, I wasn't thinking about, it. I was, I usually do the homework. You know, we were close-ish, but this weekend or during the week, next week, and then kind of let them know what's going on. But then I, they asked something yesterday and I was like, dude, I don't know, man. These powerlifting rules are so weird. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I gotta, I gotta get back to you. Like, yeah got to have a certain kind of you know the, the belt obviously is, you know the buckle or whatever and i'm like yep. they're no asking, oh, what kind of yeah what kind of singlet i'm like oh shit i forgot there's like you can't wear certain singlets it's not like like weightlifting you can pretty much wear yeah like you see the girls wearing the kind of old gymnastic singlets with their mm-hmm. cheeks out pretty much yep. so and like that's fine but yeah i was like oh jeez i forgot <laughs> it's been yep. so long. Like, all the had, dress code rules yeah it's <laughs> horrible and I can't wear these shoes. I'm like, I don't even know, man. I don't even know. This yeah. You never know. I got to go back and look through. Because USAPL and USPA were always, you know, different. They're all different. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's the USAPLs to the point where, like, I can't send a lifter there and they can't wear a Strength Guild shirt. Correct. Because I don't pay them. You know, it's like, come on, man. It's... Oh, that is, it's just directly a money grab now. You know? Yeah, <laughs> blatant money grab. That's yeah. that's news to me. I guess I got to tell them we got to just straight up, you know, some sort of black shirt or whatever. Yeah, USPA you can do it, but USAPL, nope. 
like if you, you can't have a gym logo or any, any unapproved logo, like you can go with Nike or something, but it has to be like an inch and a half logo at max and blah, blah, blah. You know? That's crazy. But yeah, like no gym logos. How do you, how would you even increase like, so part, I would just say a big thing and, and way the thing, powerlifting is like just, you know, club pride and stuff. Yeah, there is none. Can't have that. And in the well, USAPL, don't you get to, like, don't you have to register for club fees? Yep. Like, you register your club? Yeah, I'm I like, so. if, I, if I registered my club, I can wear my club gear like that. No, not unless your club gives them 10 grand. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> <that's crazy. laughs> you are not a club unless you pay us money. <laughs> no. And they're the worst group now. Like, if they, yeah. the one thing they had was that they were a feeder into the IPF, but. They got now kicked they, out. It's like, what yeah, do you got? got kicked out of that. What do you got now? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Didn't they get know. kicked out for too stringent of drug testing or something? Too much drug like testing. That? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were doing their own testing and not just using water, I think. So they were doing testing at, at all the local meats. And to do so, they were using a place that's cheaper. Uh, and yeah, they got busted for that. They're like, you should have just not tested. It's like, oh, good lord. <laughs> that just seems so crazy. Like, oh, we're 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 trying to actually enforce the rules too much. Oops, yeah. the rules that everybody knows who signs up yep. to compete. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, I don't know, man. <clears throat> crazy stuff. So yeah, I mean, other than that, like I said, my training's going well. Doing one. Taking a couple weeks off of deadlifting. So we just go in and squat and then we throw. And I am sore in places that I forgot existed <laughs> from doing such different moves. But, uh. A lot of rotational soreness. A lot like of, yes, abs. yeah. It's like all in my abs. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the one that got me the most and I was surprised is way over bar. Hmm. Like my freaking abs right at my pelvis were just right, screaming. Screaming oh, from because it's more of a dynamic movement. Well, yeah, and it's one-handed, so oh, you can only offset. So basically, you've got some some cross-sectional rotational stuff going, fighting yeah. rotation going on. Oh man, yeah. But other than that, uh, surprisingly well. I'm doing much better than I thought I would. Hamstring about cramped up a few times when I'm spinning in circles and things like that, but that's just from. Like I said, not doing it for three years. So you didn't get dizzy. I didn't get dizzy. No. Nope. <laughs> is this your pain. first time? This is your first time going back after uh, hip surgery? No, I went the last time, and I didn't practice at all. I did my usual. It's like oh, I'll just go do it, and uh, that's when I pissed off. There was a guy there that he came there to set the masters field record in sheaf, and I hadn't done sheaf and five years at that point. And so basically you enter on sheath, you have three attempts at every height and they just talk to the people because like in master's class, it'll vary. Like you have some guys that have been doing it for a long time and they're just in master's because they're old now. And then you have some people that, you know, it's their first games at 43 or whatever. So they ask everybody that's competing, like, where do you want to enter at? Um, Where do we need to start the height that? Because they don't want anybody to zero. That's just boring for the crowd and everything else. So we started like 12 feet. And I'm like, well, I'm going to do that. I haven't done this in years. So I started at the beginning. Normally, you'd start at like, you know, if you're throwing 30 feet, you'll start at like 25 or something. You can start in wherever you want. But I started at 12 and uh, 
The guy was like, well, yeah, you go ahead and do that. I'm here to set the record, so I won't enter until like 28 feet. I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he got so pissed because I started at 12 feet and I beat him. Uh. <laughs> I was the one that set the record. But uh I don't plan on it going that well. I mean, I'm going to suck it. Like at Highland Games, I was an A-class thrower, so basically a step away from pro. And the only reason I was there is because I was strong. Um, I am, I am not a thrower. Uh, you know, it's anything where I'm static and standing in one place, I do well at. So, hammers, sheaf, caber, weight over bar. The minute you have my big awkward ass spinning in a circle, <laughs> uh, it doesn't go so well. So, but uh, yeah, it's it's just a fun sport. It's a good time. If anybody's never done one, um. Totally different than powerlifting and weightlifting. And it's more family friendly because of the, most of them are at a fair atmosphere. So like my family just quit going to my powerlifting meets. They're like, that shit's boring. And it mm-hmm. is. I don't blame them. You know, yeah. <laughs> powerlifting meets are, unless you're a coach or an athlete, it's a snore fest. Yeah. Uh, Especially the big ones where it's freaking all day. All day. Yeah. And then, oh God, the bench. Holy crap. You get to that and it's, oh Jesus. <laughs> then it's really boring. But watching people lay down, but <laughs> yeah, no, go out and throw some things far and drink some beers and see how we do. But sounds like a good time. Here's an interesting one. It's kind of uh, sports or strength world related. Have you guys watched Encanto? No. What is that? So it's a Disney show, and <clears throat> one of the girls in it is jacked as fuck. So, and apparently, you know, basically they all have superpowers in this thing. And one of the girls is just like, she's extremely strong. And they made her like, oh, what's the other Disney show with the chicken? And The Rock played the big guy. Maui. Uh, (laughs) She's like Maui big. (laughs) (laughs) So basically Disney did not create merch for her character, like very little. Because they figured, they figured people, all the little girls would gravitate towards the the cutesy little classically beautiful characters. Mm. Apparently, that's not the case. <laughs> <laughs> like every, all the little girls want the giant muscle girl thing. Which, hey, man, that's awesome. In my that's cool, you know, yeah, because I mean, she is jacked, and uh, yeah, it's a good twist of things. You know, you're seeing. It gravitates and, and points towards what we're seeing in the fitness world. I mean, one of the most amazing things, say what you will about powerlifting and where it's gone. And I do like, I miss some of the old days when it was like, you go to a meet and you're afraid to die. Uh, <laughs> but but it was also a time when I remember meets that there you were lucky to see one female. True. And now there's a day full. And... Just the records women are doing. It's amazing. So it's it's good to see a nice shift in that and uh, more women doing strength sports than ever, I I would say. But I mean, it seems to me like just from talking to coaches, and I haven't coached female team sports for a long time, so I'm out of the loop on that. But just from talking to friends who coach, especially at a college level, <clears throat> it sounds like they've had less issue with women coming in wanting to be strong, where I think – 10, 15 years ago, in some places, it was kind of a battle to convince them that, yes, it's a good thing to be strong if you're yeah. competing in these sports. Where now, I think that culture is completely 
shifted a lot from where it was before. Oh, yeah. It seems like so in terms of women's sports, they're basically where men's sports were on strength training kind of early on. Like baseball, basketball used to be like, oh, that's going to mess up your swing or mess up your shot stronger. And I think women are just behind because they haven't like really truly been in sports that like in the same way guys have for however many years, right? So um, I think they're just kind of in that same area. But it does help having, you know, characters that, you know, reflect strength and all that where they, you know, it doesn't feel weird or out of place to be strong where you don't have girls coming in. Like, girls do that to me too where it's like, yeah, I want to be strong, but – or I want to be strong and good at my sport, but I'd rather be skinny and, you know, acceptable yeah. to society. Right. It is, so. Yeah. No, it's a nice shift in things. And that's like, I mean, I'm seeing it. I'm seeing more volleyball players and softball players and things like that. That hey, I need to get stronger uh, from the, the female side of sports, which is awesome. But Yeah. And we've seen that in records and, you know, even a couple of times I've been down to the University of Minnesota, like, you know, there's obviously the women's team lift down there and it's it's pretty scary and impressive in a good yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like holy crap. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's like even in the strength sports. I mean the I would arguably say, like in let's say powerlifting. The people putting up the most impressive performances of late in the last five years have been the females. Yeah. But that's just because they're expanding the sport so much and closing that gap because there's more people doing it. It's just amazing the world records they're putting up, which are still, of course, far behind what the guys are doing. But, I mean, relative terms, they're they're crushing up there. Like, the women are the reason they're, they're moving away from the Wilkes and making a new score. Mm. Uh, because the women are just crushing the dudes as far as the old Wilkes score. <laughs> Like they've they've surpassed what that formula's had in place for them, you know. They like closed the gap and went past the gap because the Wilkes originally was supposed to like even it out, right? Women and now it's like nope, you know, the women are beating <laughs> the men by a hundred points in Wilkes. So it's awesome. So yeah, that's great. But I mean, I know in so weightlifting, at least for like the international stage, it was two thousand. So it's so, like women's. Women's weightlifting has only been around since, and Olympic weightlifting has only been around since then. There's AAU before that, and there's kind of some, like, it was almost like a circus deal back in the day, like uh, kind of 40s, 50s-ish. And I looked up, there's one, she was like pretty popular lifting girl at the time, and she, I think her, it was like she snatched 100 pounds, and I don't know, the numbers are pretty low. Right, and just to see, just from that standpoint, you know, 70 years to see, like, almost it takes me a few months to get a girl snatching 100 pounds down. She was like a circus freak in mm. the 40s, 50s, so part of it was just because it was like, oh, women lifting weights? Out of the kitchen? Yeah. Are you crazy? What? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's crazy if you put it in terms of that. Like, women's weightlifting started in 2000. Like... They are like a hundred years behind men. A hundred fucking years. <laughs> that's that's a, a long time. 
before they, they entered in there. Because I think it was the 1900 games was when 1900 or 1904, I think, was the first one that had like men's weightlifting as we see it today. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, that's insane. It's just, and then you look at how far they've come in like less than 22 years. That's less than a generation. They have made more than generational leaps. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah, but, so, I don't know, what else is going on? Uh, Anything interesting? Nothing on the science end of things? Not, not too much. I've been out of the loop because we've been traveling and stuff. Um, got to do some thick <coughs> dumbbell work at Adam's place, so that was pretty fun. He's been on the podcast here before, so people can look that up in terms of grip strength. And I saw him do a hand-to-hand pass with the 172-pound inch dumbbell for 11 reps, <laughs> which is so crazy. I think the max was around six or seven before. Um, yeah, so I got some good tips to help with that. I did a, I got one rep with the 100-pound inch from hand to hand, so I was happy with that. And yeah, did some practice on the 125 there and some Saxon bar. And yeah, my wife did the 100 pound inch and used uh, one hand to kind of stop the rotation and help it mm-hmm. and, and got it most of the way up. So that was That's impressive. So very nice for her. And yeah, so it was good just to hang out. And one of the tips I thought was interesting is that just. Over time, I don't know what you guys' thought are in this too, and it's different depending upon, I think, lifts that sort of hit more the axial load. And just I don't know if this applies to squat and deadlift per se, maybe because of the poundage or just the way it's loaded, but especially for more grip and intensive stuff. And I think most of the lifts, as you've been lifting longer and longer, I think most people can probably push up the frequency higher than what they think. Um, I've just noticed that with watching Adam over the years and, and other people at some point, yeah, if you're, you know, like Phil, you're squatting 700 and, and up, yeah, those tend to have kind of a, its own built in rate limiter and might yeah. go the other way. Yeah. But I think for most grip stuff, accessory stuff, you know, other, even sub max stuff, even some cardio stuff, it just seems like the longer you've been doing it, the more you can push frequency. And I just, I guess I don't see that talked about a whole lot. I don't know what your guys' thoughts are. I mean, are. my thought, the first thing I'd come to is I'd kind of relate it to weightlifting. In yeah. Weightlifters do a lot more frequency than powerlifters. Part of that, of course, is load. Like, yes. you're not going to squat what you can snatch and clean or jerk. The other part is I don't see much of an eccentric in either sport. Yes. You know, which would hugely benefit. You know, frequency, you know. So you're not getting, like we all know, I mean, most of the beat-up feeling, most of the muscle damage we get is arguably within that eccentric portion of the lift. So you remove that, and we can train more often, you know, type of thing. Well, I mean, so we squat, I mean, my weight up to squat pretty much every day. But the, the 
I guess the base philosophy behind that is to raise the floor, not necessarily the ceiling mm-hmm. at the same time. So, yeah, like I, in terms of grip, and here's the thing about grip, though, I always assumed, not assumed, but I, I think maybe the I've seen some reports or whatever, but grip training, like why the deadlift taxes you so much, is because anything high grip is been thought of to be highly neurologically taxing and so if it's really neurally taxing then giving yourself like like training yourself to recover essentially faster does build the floor but if it was like very it's like all about the you know muscles in your forearms and hands then the recovery would be the aspect you would look at the most but if it's a neural thing i think it's it's almost always better to improve your frequency of practice but for just basic like muscle building type stuff, it doesn't always work like that. So weightlifting is kind of a lot more neural. Like having your max strength go up in weightlifting is only as good as you being able to utilize that on the platform. Yeah. yeah. So having a consistent strength base to launch from is always effective. So in almost everything with the exception of deadlifts, I've seen an improvement in training from higher frequency rather than less. But with the deadlift is the only one I've never, ever seen that work out. Like even, is it Pavel? Pavel's mm-hmm. like power to the people, whereas mm-hmm. like you do, you know, two sets of five on deadlift every single day. Like I, I've never seen anyone make that work very well. So, yeah. Mm. No, I agree. I mean, deadlift seems to. I've messed with it, but I've never had luck with anybody deadlifting like daily. Whereas we have luck with people squatting four or five, six times a week. Uh, Do you think some of that is position related, do you think, too? Because deadlifting may be more low back. And again, I'm dramatically over. Yeah, and I mean, it could be also (laughs) just the whole. Starting from a dead stop with no eccentric or right energy built up. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, and I mean, cause theoretically you could do deadlifts with no eccentric, right? You could just deadlift drop top down. Yeah, yeah, but you're still starting at the you know on a squat. You generally don't start at the bottom unless you're doing an Anderson squat or something. Right. You no, know, we kind of teach people, we train people to use that you know that rebound out of the bottom but um i don't know and it also could be it's just you see it's very very often you see people grind deadlifts yes you don't see that in a squat very often (laughs) most people aren't mentally equipped to do that on a squat like it gets heavy and they're just like oh done you know it like you have to train that in a squat but it's normal for people to just grab a barbell and oddly, it's normal for them to, like, grind out a deadlift in the most ugliest fashion ever. Mm-hmm. You don't see people grind out a fucking horrible good morning squat. Uh, but you see that in the deadlift. So, yeah, yeah, I like, like it normally. When you, you know, max the deadlift, like, a noticeable drop in performance and even, like, oh, yeah. kind of general mood for the next at least week. At least week. I mean, I know... Louis Simmons always suggested it was like it takes two weeks to recover from a 
yeah. heavy deadlift session, but but I definitely have noticed that in training people, especially with heavier deadlifts. And the heavier it gets, the worse it gets. Like it's yeah. not like, like yeah, the squat. So yeah, that's no, one thing I've good. noticed too. And if if you go to like a two inch smooth axle double overhand, right now your grip is going to be the main limiter. So mm-hmm. I've seen people able to work up to higher frequency with that. But I, I agree with your point that if you're doing it that way, you either make the lift or you don't, right? So yes. if you don't have the grip strength, you you can't physically move. Like it doesn't come off the floor. So you, you can't, by definition, grind it. Like yes. you either make it or you don't. Yes. And so I've switched a fair amount of programming to that with people for frequency to get their form down. And because I know historically this person has just gone ape shit on themselves like twice a week mm-hmm. trying to do a max grinder deadlift that just scares the crap out of me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, why am I so toasted all the time? I can't figure this out. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think that's also why one of the reasons deadlift gets a bad name is something that can injure people. Correct. It's because it's just, it's, it's built in a way that you can grind out ugly shit and yeah. <laughs> an ugly squat. You're going to fall on your face. Yeah. You're just going to, somebody's going to have to save you. And, but then at the same time, that's why I've argued that I've argued often that it's having a big deadlift is mentally harder than having a big squat because mm. you have no incentive uh, there's zero incentive to finish. Like on a squat, if I go for, I don't know, 780 on squat, um, a few pounds above, like I'm mentally, I have a lot of uh, incentive to make that lift because I don't want to die. <laughs> you know? If that makes yep. sense. Like I have all this weight on my back. Fuck, I need to stand up with this shit or I'm going to get crushed. Whereas with a deadlift, it's like, all you got to do is let go. Yeah, I can get out at any time. Just let go. Make it go away. Yeah, so you just you <laughs> have to really want uh, a big deadlift. Whereas with a squat, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm going to bail, and hopefully these spotters save me, you know, or whatever. But, and that's one thing that we've talked about lately. It's like when shit goes catastrophically bad in a squat, like those spotters really aren't doing shit. No. Because it happens in a fraction of a second once you start getting up to like 800, 900,000 pounds. Like when shit goes wrong, it goes wrong now. You know, it's not this slow thing that spotters can see it coming. But look at all the crazy injuries you've seen. It's not something that like you can't forecast it. There was no sign. This dude's knee just caves and mm-hmm. all it's crushed. But yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, and that's just, this is, a, this is definitely a weightlifting bias. Where it's like, and I had always suggested it too, is like not, is like using bumper plates in some sort of powerlifting fashion where you could bail and drop. Like you're on mm-hmm. your own. Like I always yeah. want to do a meet where you're just on your own on the platform. Like yeah. Don't put, because I don't know how many times you've gone to meets and you, you watch people unrack weights that's like are impossible for them to, oh, yeah. for them to lift without <laughs> like, yeah, and maybe the idea of oh, I could really die doing this. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. being able to bail on a squat. I think 
would make make the difference. Plus, all the squats would look prettier, I think. But again, that's definitely weightlifting bias. But yeah. But at the same time, you don't see like how often do you see some I don't know some schmo comes into the gym like your kid's dad, one of your kid's dad, and like they will walk up to a heavy ass deadlift bar and try it. Yes. Oh, I want to try that. You don't see that. Like you don't see somebody like there's 700 on a squat bar. Well, let me see what that feels like. <laughs> they don't fucking do that shit, yeah. you know. Yeah. But they'll try a 700 pound deadlift, even though it's way out of their wheelhouse, and it's just not going to go anywhere. But you know, they're not going to get flattened by it. But have you find that like grinding out a heavy deadlift is kind of its own sub skill? I mean, it's not something I do a whole lot, but the handful of times I've done it, it appears to me there's like this time where you have to make like a split second decision. I've had oh, yeah. times where it's slow, but I know I can make it, and yes. I have no fear that I'm going to injure myself. Yep. And there's no, other think... times where every fiber in my body is like, this is a horrible idea. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I think that's a learned skill in powerlifting, and that's one of the big ones people have to learn. Yeah. On, on all three lifts, the squat, yes. deadlift, and bench, because that's a big one, especially when you have lifters coming from a weightlifting background. Mm-hmm. Because they're used to lifts always being fast. Even hard right. lifts are generally, there's not a fast. lot of grinding going on. Yeah. So that's something we have to teach on a powerlifting side because basically even your opener is going to essentially be a grind compared to weightlifting. Um, in general terms, it's not going to be, yeah. boing, you know, just super, super dynamic fast. If it is, you're opening too light. You know, it should be an easy lift, but you still got to work at it. Yeah, you shouldn't so, have to guess if that was a deadlift or a clean. Yeah, and that's where I end up. <laughs> that's where I use bands and stuff the most is on that. Oh, uh, uh, nice. Because then I can use submaximal weight, but, you know, they don't get that big bounce out of the bottom, and that carries them through the top. Mm-hmm. You know, we take gravity out of the situation, and you have a new force that, even if it's light, you have to fight the whole way up. You know, you can't ease off because there is no momentum going on. And that's what I've used bands for the most is just teaching that, teaching people how to grind out lifts. But, yeah, it's definitely a learned skill. And then the bad part about that is, like you just alluded to, I mean, it's a skill then to know your body mm-hmm. and what you can grind through. Like, I'll grind through some squats, but then there are times where I know it's bad, and I'll just tell them, take it. And I'm not lying to you. You need to fucking take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not grinding through this one without blowing some shit up. Mm-hmm. Uh I thought of you the other day, Mike. I was in Walmart getting something. <laughs> oh, great. <laughs> and your favorite supplement line is now in Walmart. Buck- oh, are you, are you shitting me? No, they're on the shelves in Walmart. Bucked oh, up my... all over the place, man. We got oh, my God. velvet invading the country. <sighs> truckload. Yeah, my, so. my, my strong man, let's say he's, he's a, this special, new, special needs bro. He's like, he <laughs> loves bucked up. So he, every time he comes in, he's like, he's like, have you tried this? I'm like, no, bro, no. <laughs> oh, and I won't be getting to it anytime soon, my man. Yep. Yeah, like, or whatever the, do they have an energy drink? Yeah, they got bucked up energy now, too. Yeah. Isn't that the woke AF one? I think there's yeah, another one. I too. think it yep. is. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Actually, and, and why I went, at one point it had like, he was a quote unquote. This this is this should be a crime. This should be illegal. Is to uh, be able to claim that you're sponsored, but all you get is discounts. Like that is oh, that's not yeah. a sponsorship. No, 
So why was I, oh, I'm sponsored. He came in, I'm sponsored. I was like, by who? He's like, oh, bucked up. And I was like, oh, geez. <laughs> like, oh, that's uh, cool, man. <laughs> yeah. That was probably had, the first time I heard of it besides you, Mike, was uh, my my way up there saying he was sponsored. By it, and I was like, oh, like, oh, geez. Yeah. Weird. I had people sending me pictures of their booth at the Arnold. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Yeah, the other big one, which I might do a video on, is Turkesterone. Um, it's a, you know, it has a, the great story of it's supposedly this, you know, great ancient Russian herb that only grows in the Siberia under a blue moon or God knows whatever. But, uh, yeah, it's a nectisterone, which most of those have failed horribly so far. I, I can't even find one. I think there was one kind of one or two human studies, but it wasn't necessarily a chronic weight training study. So, but if you look now, like there's tons of different brands on it. And I'm like, if it was really that rare as you claim, like how is it available like everywhere? And of course, everybody claims they have like the original, you know, material and people who are a fan of it said it wasn't with the, the original material and their raws are better than the next person. And, I don't know. Maybe there's something to it. There's not a ton of data per se, but I'm highly suspicious. Yeah. The one that gets me, I'm reading this bucked up thing now <laughs> about their energy drink. And they like, we don't start with soda. We don't just dump caffeine as something to make you have energy. And then yeah, you look at the fucking ingredients and it's caffeine, 300 milligrams. Yeah. Holy fuck. <laughs> <laughs> You don't, yeah, they're talking shit on caffeine, and then the main ingredient is caffeine. And then some dehydrated fucking deer antler. Uh, all right. Well, we'll end it there. It's been a good hour, so. We should get, like, a video of, like, a deer, like, doing some lifts or something. That should be, like, their new promo. Yeah. We should probably <laughs> see if they'll send a case of that stuff to Jarrell, and he can test right. out for us. So, I mean, he's got a sponsored athlete. Plan. Exactly. Coach J brought to you by Bucked Up Energy. <laughs> We're woke as fuck. Banners and shit. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the, the first day that Wyatt brought it in, brought it up at the gym. That's all we did was just kind of roast it with like one liners, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, does your squat suck? Oh, that's bucked up. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look boy. at that bucked up squat over there. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, that could be hours of entertainment. I it like it. It could be. It could be. All right, guys, we will talk next week on the eve of me throwing again. So, yeah, cool. And then I'll give you a report the week after that. So, all right, guys. Talk to you later. Later.